Welcome to the B2B Marketing and Copywriting Podcast. I am your host, Linda Malone, certified conversion copywriter and founder of The Copyworks. In this podcast, I interview marketing and copywriting experts on all facets of, well, marketing and copy, with an emphasis on the link between the two, with a focus on creating higher conversions in your B2B business. I also include recordings from the other side of the table where I'm interviewed by the host of other podcasts and short clips of tips from yours truly on copywriting. In short, you'll find something for everyone in the marketing and copywriting B2B world. Let's dig in. Emotional intelligence is a term that gets thrown around a lot lately, but what does it really mean? High converting copy is all about triggering an emotional response from readers because we all make decisions based on emotion and then we justify it with logic. So in today's episode, I speak with Phil Johnson. He's an emotional intelligence expert and founder of Master of Business Leadership, Inc., where he talks about what is emotional intelligence. So let's define it. Why is EQ considered 400% more powerful than IQ? And why are companies now looking for employees who show high levels of EQ? Let's jump right in. Okay, today's guest, Phil Johnson, is an expert on emotional intelligence. And I'm excited about talking to you today, Phil, because it's one of those terms that gets thrown around a lot and not everyone seems to know actually what it is. And so you are the founder of the Master of Business Leadership Executive Coaching Program. Can you first tell a little bit about what that program is and how you got into the whole emotional intelligence field? Yeah, thanks, Linda. It's, a, it's an honor to be on your show. The Master of Business Leadership Program focuses on developing emotional intelligence, inspirational leadership, and raising our level of consciousness about what's going on in us and around us. We're only conscious about 3 to 5% of the time. The rest of the time, we're relying on our habits, our unconscious habits, to determine our behaviors and our results. Mm-hmm. So the, the MBL is a program, and the outcomes of going through the program are emotional intelligence, inspirational leadership, and higher consciousness, which leads to remarkable results, both from a uh, career and a personal point of view. Okay. And so why don't we start with defining emotional intelligence? So what is it? A real simple way to think of emotional intelligence is it's the ability to feel the fear and anxiety that change creates in us and move through it towards what it is we're trying to achieve as opposed to allowing that fear to stop us from moving out of our comfort zone. Okay. And so that would be like, there was an article I read a long time ago on emotional intelligence. And tell me if this fits what you're talking about. There was some bus driver and there was something, it was a really hot day. People were really uncomfortable. And he started talking about the history of the town they were driving through and just diverting their attention away from the discomfort that they were in. And so by the end of the trip, everyone was in a good mood. No one was complaining. Is that like an example of what emotional? Sure. Yeah, that's an example. He was actually trying to pull them out of their thoughts into the present moment. 
he created an interesting story to try and get people to focus on what he was saying. That's a way of reducing anxiety. Okay, so it made sense. And, and, and also the bus driver was able to sense their anxiety. He was able to sense that there was something wrong and he knew how to, he knew how to address it. Yeah, so it's not just the outcome that he produced, but it's also his perceptions, being able to pick up on other people's moods. Or, or Yeah, you're alluding to a great point. Whatever results we're getting in our life is a reflection of our current level of consciousness about what's going on in us and around us. We cannot get better results than our current level of consciousness. So in order to get better results than we're currently getting, we need to raise our level of consciousness. And we do that by learning to become less resistive, less judgmental, less attached to outcome. So we do that by lowering our walls. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's also how we develop our emotional intelligence. And so how does this play into marketing? Because we talk about, especially with copy, you know, copywriting is always about getting people to feel something. When I write something, I want people to feel something. So how does that play? Before I answer that, and that's a great question. Thanks for asking it. I want to just take a step back and explain a little bit bit more about why emotional intelligence is important. There's three primary sources of resistance we have to change. I'm just going to talk about one of them. We have this part of our old lizard brain called the amygdala that's been around for about 500 million years and has been trying to keep us safe and alive by making sure we never leave the safety of our cave. We never leave the safety of our comfort zone. And if we do, it automatically secretes a hormone into our bloodstream called cortisol. And that causes our the executive center of our brain, our prefrontal cortex, to shut off. And we go into what psychologists refer to as a fight, flight, or freeze mode. Some people lash out. Some people run away. Some people freeze like a deer in a headlight. But it's just an unconscious reaction to change. So as an analogy, if you think of your amygdala as a very frightened four-year-old child, the development of our emotional intelligence acts like a big brother or a big sister to quiet the amygdala response down and better enable us to feel the fear and anxiety that change and innovation always creates in us, but move through it towards what it is we're trying to achieve, as opposed to allowing that fear to to keep us trapped in our comfort zone. Next step. (laughs) Back to your question. Uh, There's a company that's currently doing over a trillion dollars a year in revenue, and their main hiring focus for some time now has been on looking for people with above average levels of emotional intelligence. They're far less concerned about what you know about their products and services. They're really more concerned about your level of emotional intelligence. And that company is Apple. And that's why when you walk into an Apple store, the energy you feel is an example of a more emotionally intelligent environment. They're not trying to sell you anything. They're trying to understand your pain and, if possible, offer a solution to your pain. Whether you buy anything or not is secondary. They want you to have a great experience. And maybe you'll go tell your friends and maybe they'll tell their friends. So the energy you feel in that environment is an example of a more emotionally intelligent environment. And that energy is very different than the energy of the stores surrounding it that are less emotionally intelligent. 
we're talking also about trustability. Trustability is directly related to our level of emotional intelligence. If Apple wanted to get into the banking business, and they know nothing about banking, they'd have 10 million depositors overnight. Oh, sure. Because people people would just trust them. Trust them. See, we're living in a time of rapid, accelerating change. Change is increasing at an exponential rate. Some scientists estimate that in this century, we could experience the equivalent of roughly 20,000 years worth of change. Wow. Or 200 centuries worth of change. So change is increasing at an exponential rate. And we've got a 500 million year old brain that doesn't like change. Right. We're relying more and more on the opinions of people we trust. There's something called the trust economy, which is growing much faster than the traditional economy. It's currently estimated at over $10 trillion a year. So the development of our ability to demonstrate trustability is the greatest asset we have, both for ourselves as individuals and for us as an organization. Mm-hmm. And it's directly related to our level of emotional intelligence. Well, one thing I wanted to jump back to Apple hiring people more for their emotional intelligence, how would that be measured? Like, what would that sort of interview or process look like? How are they determining who has the emotional intelligence? There's another great question. (laughs) The, the The short answer to your question is, the more emotionally intelligent you are, the easier it is for you to spot it in other people. And I often offer companies some suggested questions they might ask to get a sense of somebody's level of emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Would you like me to read you a few of them? Sure. It'd be interesting. Okay. Why is this role of interest to you? What can you teach us? Mm-hmm. Who's responsible for your results? When was the last time you were embarrassed? What happened? How did you handle the situation? How do you have fun? How good are you at accepting help from others? How good are you at asking for help? What makes you angry? What aspect of your work are you passionate about? Is your primary focus on present, future, or past events? Well, these are just some of the questions that can give an organization a sense of somebody's level of emotional intelligence. Are they looking for a specific answer, or is it the way the person responds? It's everything. It's what they say. It's what they don't say. It's their body language. It's their tone. It's their passion. It's their energy level. It's everything. Because we've evolved in societies, because we've evolved in herds over millions of years. We've had to develop the ability to sense whether somebody's trying to help us or eat us. (laughs) So we have these specialized brain cells in our prefrontal cortex that brain scientists call mirror neurons. And that's, that's why when you walk into a room or you have a conversation with somebody you get a sense of whether they're being authentic or not. Mm-hmm. You get a sense of whether they're trying to help you or eat you. Right. The more emotionally intelligent you become, the more people get the sense that they can relax and lower their walls around you, and they don't need to be afraid of you. You're not trying to hurt them. And that creates 
inspirational leadership. So that sounds like something subconscious. You don't know you're doing it, but like you said, like when people say, I just don't like that guy and I don't know why. Correct. Or that person doesn't seem authentic or real. Yeah, this has happened to me recently where somebody, I won't go into de- detail because <laughs> I don't want the person to know, but it was just the conversation and the meeting itself just seemed very superficial. And I couldn't even tell you what it was, but there was something about this person that was really phony. And I've seen that before. And people pick up on that, right? I mean, you can. Those are your, those are your mirror neurons. So you can't fake, you, you can't fake being real. Mm-hmm. You can't fake being authentic. And people are drawn to people that are authentic. There's a whole other aspect of this, which is a longer conversation involving energy physics. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I've been proving over the, I've had a 21-year career as an executive coach. I've coached executives and organizations all over the world for the last 21 years. And I've proven that there's an underlying energy physics that is the root cause of all drama, chaos, and conflict everywhere. So that's also something the MBL program addresses. Wow. But, um, so you're right. There's an energy between us, between people, that either triggers us to raise our walls or inspires us to lower our walls. Mm-hmm. And that's directly related to our, to our level of emotional intelligence. And so how, how is it developed? Is it something that happens just through life events or is it, can you, you coach it? So clearly it's something that can be developed. So how, how is it? Developed? Yeah. Let me give you an analogy between intellectual intelligence and emotional intelligence. Think of intellectual intelligence as somebody giving you $10,000 a day for 31 days. So at the end of 31 days, you've got $310,000. I think of emotional intelligence as a penny that doubles in value every day for 31 days. At the end of 31 days, you've got $10.7 million. And actually, continuing on, at the end of 40 days, you've got over $5 billion. At the end of 50 days, you've got over $5 trillion. So that the development of our emotional intelligence has a massive effect on our results both from a career and a personal point of view. And the ROI keeps getting greater and greater and greater. See, our educational system has failed us and our employment system has failed us because it's focused almost exclusively on our ability to do intellectual labor. Mm -hmm. And it's done almost nothing to prepare us for the tsunami of change we're facing and the drama, chaos, and conflict that's going to trigger in us. The development of emotional intelligence isn't a solution to the challenges we face. It is the only solution to the challenges we face. And it's a huge part of our development that we never got. Mm -hmm. And now we need more than ever. Is this in any way related to that famous marshmallow challenge? You know that with the church? So it's for people who don't know. Yeah, they had, I don't know what age, they were young children in Rome, and they had a marshmallow. Yeah, they had a Stanford University study in 1968 where they gave children a choice between getting one marshmallow now or two marshmallows in, in 30 minutes. And they actually did a longer study following the the evolution of the children 
that were in the program and the children that were willing to forego the dopamine hit from the immediate pleasure did far better in their career and in their personal life than the ones that wanted the uh, the one marshmallow now. The instant gratification. And, and it, yeah, and in a sense, our whole culture is set up for instant gratification. Right. We're a one marshmallow culture, yeah. and it's uh, it's really not serving us. The current level of employee engagement worldwide, for example, according to Gallup, is around 13%. So working environments in general are toxic, and people don't, they don't feel there's a lot of trust in those environments, and they're not willing to take risk. Um, and low levels of engagement are costing the U.S. economy alone over a trillion dollars a year. And there's almost a one-to-one correlation between the level of employee engagement and the level of customer engagement. So that if your employees don't feel engaged, neither do your customers. So it trickles down. So you can see that. What about, is there any connection you can make with, say, for example, I'm writing a landing page for a company and I want to get some kind of emotional reaction. And usually what it is, is, you know, the person comes there, they're pain aware. They know they have a problem. Using emotional intelligence, what would be a way to approach that in the copy itself? You could use your awareness, your emotional intelligence to better understand their fear Mm -hmm. and potentially offer a solution that addresses the fear that very likely they're either unaware of or unwilling to tell you because they don't they don't know you, they don't trust you. Right. The greater your level of emotional intelligence, the easier it is for you to sense the fear and address the fear. See, purchasing decisions are all always emotional decisions are made in the limbic part of our brain. After we make the decision emotionally, then we look for features and benefits intellectually to justify the decision we've already made emotionally. Mm -hmm. So if somebody doesn't like you, if they don't trust you, they'll find a way not to deal with you, even if you have the best price, the best technology, or the best copy. If they trust you, they'll find a way to deal with you, even if you don't have the best price, the best technology, or the the most sophisticated wording. Mm -hmm. So really, the, the real underlying driver is trust. Mm-hmm. And the only way you can demonstrate trustability is through the development of your emotional intelligence that to lower sense. your wall. So if you have a high level of emotional intelligence, I mean, does that guarantee any kind of success or do, what is it actually, does it? Yeah. yeah, it does. It guarantees career and personal success. Uh, but I'll tell you, it's harder than how to develop because there are two primary sources of resistance we have to change. And there's one sociological source of resistance we have to change. But to answer your question, yes, the development of your emotional intelligence will guarantee, I want to underline, guarantee that the rest of your life will be the best of your life. I'm thinking too that you're measuring success not necessarily monetarily or are you or is it 
Is it? I've helped organizations generate hundreds of millions of dollars and people like double or triple their salary by developing their emotional intelligence. I'm trying to yeah, how how it relates like on a day-to-day basis. So how would that look? And somebody has emotional intelligence, so they're a manager or somebody who's leading somebody. I mean, is that where you see it most easily come into play? Oh, yeah. First first of all, let me, I'll give you an example, but you can't manage people. You can only manage processes and things. You have to lead people. You have to inspire people through your actions. And leadership's not a title. Uh, if you need a title to get people to follow you, you're not a leader. If your actions don't inspire followers, you're not a leader. Let me give you an example of how we're unconsciously giving. See, this gets into the energy physics. If I give away my energy to somebody else for whatever reason, it creates an energy deficit in us, in me. And I have to replace that energy that I'm unconsciously giving away by at the same time trying to steal the energy of other people. And that dynamic is going on inside of everybody, everywhere, unconsciously, all the time, all over the world. And what I've just described is the root cause of all drama, chaos, and conflict everywhere. Let me give you an example. This is one of the MBL habits called authentic listening. The key to authentic listening is not to take anything personally. How somebody feels about you, whether they like you or whether they hate you, has nothing to do with you. It has to do with what's going on inside of them. But if how we feel about ourselves is based on how somebody else feels about us, who's running our life? Us or them? Everyone else, not us. That's one example of how we're unconsciously giving away our energy all the time. If you like me, I like me. If you don't like me, then I don't like me. We're falling over ourselves on social media to get likes. That's just one example of how we're unconsciously giving away our energy. And what that causes in return is it causes us to try and control, manipulate others to steal their energy. Mm-hmm. And this is all happening unconsciously. I gave you the example before we did the interview. I told you about the guy at my gym. It came up to me. It, this was, oh, right. at, at, it wasn't at the height of COVID, but the gym had just opened and we were still wearing masks, except this one guy who is above all of it and didn't wear a mask. And he came up to me and started challenging me. First of all, I'm in the gym, I'm working out. Second of all, I kind of know him and I know he's, he's got all kinds of conspiracy theories and I don't want to hear about it. And so he comes up to me and gets in my face. I had earbuds in, I had take them out and I, I was ready for it. And he just started you know, asking me, why are you wearing the mask? Do you really think that's going to protect you? Did and all I kept saying was, I, cause he said, you know, he's just said a lot of things that were just ludicrous in my mind. And I said, you know what? I disagree with everything you say, but I'm not here to argue with you. I'm here to work out and put my earbuds back in. And he kept at it. And I just ignored him. And you had said to me that, cause I love this analogy. You said, it was like hitting a ball back and he wanted that ball to be hit back to him and I didn't hit it back. It just went right over his head because he eventually left me alone and he actually the next day even apologized. But I just didn't quite engage. So I did not give any of my energy to him. Yep. 
that's a great story. And it's, it illustrates the point that in order for somebody, in order for him, in this example, to keep his walls up, he needed to get you to raise your walls and start giving away your energy. And you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't do that initially, okay? So what did he do? He redoubled his efforts to try and get you to raise your walls so that he could keep his wall. Still didn't work. Yeah. See, he was in the midst of a, an amygdala hijack. He was not conscious. His eyes were open. You know, but let me say this. He was telling himself a story like we all do to justify our actions. Mm. Okay? He had no clue where you were coming from because he didn't have your level of consciousness. He was at a lower level of consciousness. And that applies to all of us. And that's what I was saying earlier. You cannot get results that are greater than your level of consciousness. Impossible. So in order to get better results, you need to raise your level of consciousness. And really, there's a school of thought that I agree with that says that the whole purpose for our existence as a species is to raise our level of consciousness, is to take the challenges we face mm -hmm. as opportunities to lower our walls and raise our level of consciousness. See, it's not what you do, it's how you do what you do. Most people take the challenges they face, they raise their walls automatically when faced with challenges. They try to avoid challenge as much as possible, but it invariably triggers their walls to go up. So instead of becoming more conscious, instead of using the challenge to help them to become more conscious, more aware of what's going on in them and around them, they actually become less conscious. They become less conscious of what's going on in them and around them. Mm -hmm. So he was, in this example, he was less conscious than you of what was going on in there around. It was like apples and oranges. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he did not care where I was, like emotionally. No, not, not, not at all, because it, was, it wasn't about you. It was about feeding his ego. <laughs> and the thing is, he didn't even know he was doing it. He didn't know what he didn't know. Mm -hmm. And that's never going to change unless he learns to raise his level of consciousness by lowering his walls. What's interesting, too, with this particular person is that he has a lot of people that do listen to him. Because once he wasn't getting anywhere with me, I saw him going to other people. And, you know, as I said, we're at the gym and he's in very, he's in really good shape. So people look up to him for that. And so they figure, I'm thinking, oh, he's engaged, so he must really know about everything apparently but they, he had plenty of other people that were going to play the game with him and i just wasn't one. let me tell you something about that and i want you as i'm as i'm saying what i'm about i'm loving the conversation we're having by the way as i'm about to say what i'm about to say i want you to think about that group of people around him see what i call victims can't exist in isolation they have to travel in packs of other victims but they don't like each other 
They don't trust each other, and they can never lower their walls around each other, but they need each other. They have a they have a codependent relationship because they're constantly giving away their energy and stealing the energy of each other. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's the pack that this guy has attracted to him. Yeah. Now, you, on the other hand, standing over here with your walls down, people are going to sense that they can be more of who they are around you than they can be around their victim buddies. And that's how you become an inspirational leader. See, people with their walls up need to be around other people with their walls up. But they're not having fun. No. They're kind of a, they're kind of in this prison. Okay. Yeah. But they see you and 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 the mirror neurons kick in and it's like, hey, she's not gonna give me her energy but she's also not going to try and steal mine so that I can lower my walls and be more, I can be more of who I truly am around her mm-hmm. than I can be around my victim buddies. So there begins an attraction over time towards you because people are able to sense that you're not trying to hurt them. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to, you're not trying to control, manipulate them. You're not trying to steal their energy. And that's a direct reflection of your emotional intelligence and your level of consciousness about what's going on in you and around you. That's why people tell me their problems all the time. Everyone confides in me. <laughs> it's like, Maybe for two, re- two reasons. When, you, when your walls are up, it's kind of like, you know, you get into this kind of, uh, you know, he said, she said, you know, that's not a healthy environment. Mm-hmm. But when your walls are down, people are drawn to you because of your leadership because of your authenticity. So you, you have a, two different types of people. Mm-hmm. You have the people that are trying to steal your energy, and you have the people that are inspired by your energy. And that could... That make sense? Yeah, it does. And it's also, you know, we talk a lot, just to bring it back for a second to marketing, is demand gen is a big topic. And that's all about building trust with people over time. And it's not, you know, the thing you see on LinkedIn all the time is it's not going to happen overnight. It's got, not going to happen with a single pitch. People have to know who you are and trust you in order to say, hey, I'll. Let me, let me, give, you, let me give you another stat on that. Because of our biology, we're more inclined to distrust people than we are to trust people. We're more inclined, we're more concerned about what might be trying to eat us or hurt us than we are what might be trying to help us. So we tend to burn trust five to seven times faster than we can earn trust. So what that means is that if your walls are up just 15% of the time, you're actually burning trust in the relationships you're trying to develop. So it really, it really matters your level of emotional intelligence to keep your walls down. Because if your walls are down 50% of the time and they're up 50% of the time, that's sabotaging the relationship. Yeah, that's definitely something to think about. I mean, it relates to so many things in life. And it, it really comes down to relationships, whether it's in sales, marketing, or leadership, or just relating on personal level. I want to be respectful of your time. Um, is there where can people find you and find out more about emotional intelligence? 
LinkedIn. I can I can get on my LinkedIn profile, and I've got a uh, there's a link to my calendar on there. And if anybody wants to find out more or they want to have a chat, they can just jump on my calendar. And I'd be happy to meet with them. Great. Thank you so much, Bill. I really appreciate this. It's been such a fascinating conversation, a little bit different than the other marketing interviews I've done, but it all relates. It's all, you know, it's people. It's all about people and and just getting better results and uh, with life in general. So I appreciate it so much for your time. Great, great to be on your show. And I want to thank you for the work you're doing. So it's, it's an honor to be on your show. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so that wraps up today's episode. I hope you found it valuable. And if you did and you enjoyed it, please be sure to share it with friends and business associates who may find it of interest as well. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to follow me on LinkedIn or you can reach out to me through my website at thecopyworks.com and we'll talk to you soon.